Hello, this is Marissa Schaefer from Dance Well Podcast, and I am here with Lauren McIntyre. So Lauren's going to talk to us a little bit today about concussions in dance, and she is one of several practitioners from the Harkness Center for Dance Injuries that we will be interviewing as part of Dance Well. So before we dive in, I want to tell you a little bit about Lauren. Lauren is an athletic trainer who graduated from Grand Valley State University with a degree in athletic training in 2010. She has been on staff at the Harkness Center for Dance Injuries at NYU Langan Health since then as a clinical specialist, providing care for dancers of all genres and levels. Lauren also does numerous educational lectures, workshops, and wellness assessments for dancers annually. In addition, Lauren works at SUNY Purchase College Conservatory of Dance, serving as their athletic trainer and anatomy professor. Lauren's research interest is in concussion and dance, and she was recently published in the Journal of Athletic Training for her work in concussion baseline assessments in dancers. Additionally, Lauren has a background in voice and piano and is a 10-time marathoner, and I saw her run by my apartment (laughs) this past November on marathon number 10, I think. Yes, you did. Yes. Um, So Lauren, I'm really pleased to be talking to you about concussions. I know this is a subject that's near and dear to you. Um, and you've done a lot of great things at Purchase revolving uh, uh, around concussion. So thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, the first question I wanted to ask you is just simply, what is a concussion? There are many accepted definitions of concussion, and not all of them are in agreement on the specifics for sure. Um, the one I'm going to use comes from the Fifth International Conference on Concussion in Sport, and that defines sport-related concussion as a traumatic brain injury induced by biomechanical forces that can be caused by a direct hit to the head, body, or by an indirect force transmitted to the head. These forces result in short-lived neurological impairments that don't necessarily involve loss of of consciousness, and that's important. Um, Concussion symptoms are nonspecific, um, and that means that they can occur in lots of other conditions. Um, One off the top of my head would be dehydration. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's complicated to diagnose a concussion. Typical symptoms you might see include headache, nausea, dizziness, light sensitivity, fatigue, feeling slowed down, irritability, drowsiness, difficulty falling asleep, difficulty concentrating. I think as we read this list, many of us after a late night of studying could relate to these. Yes. Um, and the presence of concussion-like symptoms is not diagnostic of concussion. But if a dancer does present with any of them, we should take it seriously, remove the dancer from activity, and evaluate them. Um, and specifically, they want to be evaluated by a licensed healthcare provider who has training in concussion management. Um, excellent. Just a clarification. Can you give me an example of like an indirect force to the head? I can imagine what a direct force would be. Yeah. So let's say um, you, you fall and you, uh, you're dropped and you mm-hmm. hit on your tailbone. Ah. You wouldn't think that's your head, but that transmitted force from the floor all the way up to your spine could cause um, that, that concussive mechanism. And, and all it is, our brain is not locked in our skull. It's actually bathed in fluid and it's Think of it like the yolk of an egg. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really crude example, but um, essentially, you know, if you if you hit the bottom of the spine, it shoots a force up that could create a force that moves the brain and the skull, um, just like if you were kicked to the head. Right. Thanks, Lauren. Um, so, what systems are affected in a concussion? 
since the brain controls most, if not all, of our functions, mm-hmm. um, many and all systems can be impacted. Um, and this means that assessing and managing concussions is really complex and involves many different tests if it's done right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, some of the common systems affected include motor control, so that's balance, gait, coordination, um, our cognitive function, which is memory, attention, cogn- concentration, um, and there can be physiological changes in heart rate or blood pressure um, and cerebral blood flow or our brain blood flow. Um, additional symptoms that can be affected from the forces include the vestibular system, mm-hmm. um, and that's our balance and spatial orientation, ocular motor and visual systems, which help us read and focus on objects, um, and even our cervical spine. So it's important to be evaluated by someone trained in concussion evaluation so that each of these systems is evaluated and addressed appropriately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then going back to those nonspecific symptoms, we want to make sure that we're not confusing a concussion for something else or likewise, you know, a heat illness for a concussion because these things are going to be addressed differently. A slight non sequitur. It sounds like um, it would be best to be evaluated by someone who really knows you, too, to differentiate some of these concussive versus non-concussive type symptoms. Absolutely. You know, and, and having that relationship beforehand can help you feel empowered to ask maybe those difficult questions about, did you drink too much last night? Or is there any reason that you might be feeling like this that has nothing to do with a head injury? Um, you know, so... There's some trust in knowing that person, and and then on my side, it's also helpful to know that personality. Um, So, yeah, but it's still complicated even if you know them. Absolutely, absolutely. So how common are concussions in the dance world? We don't have hard data on this question. Mm -hmm. Um, We certainly know they occur, um, but the science hasn't fully established an injury rate, so I can't, you know, specifically give you that number. I really want to, (laughs) but not yet. Um, A year ago, we analyzed our injury surveillance data at the Harkness Center for Dance Injuries, and we found 23 concussions out of a group of 199, so almost 200 students, Mm -hmm. um, and that was during one academic year. So 23 over the course of the year, it's not a lot, Mm -hmm. um, but maybe that's a number that seems higher to some people. Yeah, to me it does. Yeah. Um, So what are the common mechanisms of injury then for sustaining a concussion? Because proper epidemiological studies don't exist for dance-related concussion, we can only use case studies and anecdotal evidence to answer this question. Um, It's been suggested that potential mechanisms for concussion include quick head or neck motion, so think like a whiplash type of injury, Mm -hmm. um, drops and falls, um, accidental or Mm -hmm. non-accidental, and sudden contact with the floor or another dancer. You know, I've had a lot where they're kicked to the head because of a spacing issue in a class. Mm. Okay, so in your research paper uh, that you recently published in the Journal of Athletic Training, which is called The Descriptive Values for Dancers on Baseline Concussion Tools, you and your colleague used four different tools, the SCAT, the SAC, the Modified BESS, and um, King-Devic score. Can you explain the significance of these tools and maybe speak to the importance of obtaining pre-season scores as well as post-concussion scores? Sure. Well, these four tools specifically were chosen because they're validated by scientific studies. So. Mm-hmm. We know what we're going to get. Um, we know the quality of them. And then going back to what we discussed with the systems affected, we got to look at a lot of things. Yeah. So cognition, balance, vision, visual processing, coordination, neck range of motion, gait, etc. So much. Yeah, it takes a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and these tools help us really look at all these potentially affected systems. Um, using them as preseason tools Mm -hmm. helps us get a baseline on these various areas as well as help us determine what symptoms each dancer experiences on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So 
I'm sure many of us can relate to chronic headache, neck pain, vision issues, emotional disturbances that have nothing to do with head injury. They just are who are part of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that prior to a head injury helps us figure out what's normal for that dancer and maybe even intervene, um, you know, again, having nothing to do with head injury, but we find out someone has chronic headache. Hmm. Maybe we should just say that's your baseline. Maybe we should help you address that and get you referrals you need to manage that. Mm-hmm. Um, so knowing all of these things, again, it helps us just figure out the norms. At the Harkness Center, we believe it's important to baseline our dancers as just part of a yearly preseason screening that we do for head to toe. Um, you know, this is, again, not just for baseline data, but it also gives us a chance to educate our dancers about concussion. So when they're wondering why they're going through all of this, we're explaining to them the importance of it and the importance of reporting any kind of injury like that. That being said, Mm -hmm. we're very lucky that we have the ability to go to our dance companies and our dance schools and do a baseline uh, exam, but we know that's not always feasible for every single person. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the importance of then having normative data, which is basically, you know, what's the norm for a dancer? Um, And the study you mentioned is the start of really trying to establish normative values because we think that there are differences in the way dancers feel symptoms. So they present totally normally on the SCAT, the BUS, the King Devic. They match up with athletes. And I I guess normally is maybe not the word I want to go with, but they're they're matched compared with athletes. Mm -hmm. When we look at symptom scores, um, dancers experience more symptoms at baseline, so non-concussed. and we think that may be due to a personality difference um, in a dancer versus an athlete. And so we may need to work on establishing separate norms. Excellent. And you mentioned um, that at Harkness you are lucky enough to be able to go into companies and schools and such and, and teach dancers about concussions. Um, what kind of education do you provide them with? Is it generally this is a concussion, um, this is the importance of getting it checked out? Yeah, that's part of it. We. Um, everybody has to read a sheet and sign a sheet Mm -hmm. and actually part of the signing is they have to write in their own words what they understand from that sheet Mm -hmm. because we really want to check and make sure they're processing that so we talk about the symptoms we talk about loss of consciousness as not being a requirement because that's commonly yeah common misconception Um, we talk about the protocol so for each individual site who's your person that you report these to what if that person's not there what do you do then Where's the nearest urgent care? Where's the hospital? You know, and then we talk about return and how that's going to look mm-hmm. so that they can kind of see from start to finish what they're going to expect um, if something like that happens. Excellent. That's a perfect segue into my next question for you, which is um, a potential scenario in the dance studio. So let's say a dancer has hit his or her head on the studio floor when coming down from a lift. Um, What is the protocol for dealing with this head injury or potential concussion? So regardless of whether you have on-site care, you have someone there or you don't, Mm -hmm. um, really any suspected concussion should be evaluated. So, you know, you're going to need to remove that person from play and get an evaluation as soon as possible. So if you yourself see that fellow dancer sustain that injury, or fall, you know, first of all, we want to make sure that, you know, not to say a concussion is not serious, but there are things more serious. So we want to make sure they're breathing. Mm -hmm. They have a pulse Mm -hmm. and there isn't bleeding from the head or, um, you know, that they're not in a seizure or they're completely unconscious for over a minute, um, you know, or they are conscious, but they're vomiting repeatedly. These kind of things need ambulance transport. So not every concussion is going to need an ambulance transportation, but certainly something like that we're really concerned, and that would need ambulance transport. 
if the dancer is conscious and stable, then they should discontinue activity. So again, they get removed. Um, you know, even if they're not feeling anything really specific at that time, better be safe than sorry and get a professional opinion. Um, they should see a concussion specialist if possible. Um, but you know, if they can't, you know, it's, let's say it's after hours, you're in that, that studio doing a late night rehearsal, urgent care will be fine. Mm-hmm. Hospital will be fine get to somebody who can help you rule out something more serious um, and get you on the start to your recovery. Following that diagnosis, the first 24 to 48 hours really should be restful. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not talking you need to be lying in a dark room. Also, you don't need to be woken up every hour by your roommate, but it should be restful. We, we don't want to really be taxing the injured brain. Um, we're avoiding any physical or mental activity that really exacerbates our symptoms. So if what you're doing makes it worse, probably shouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, we don't have to just lie down, but that also means we're not returning to dance. So let's say you find out that doing light chores, like doing the dishes or doing a little coloring, that doesn't bother you. Great. Go ahead, especially after that 48-hour period. We do actually want you to start to become more active, mm-hmm. um, to rehabituate the brain, and to just help you feel like a normal person. Um we know that excessive rest, especially in our athletes, can lead to physical deconditioning, but probably more importantly, secondary symptoms, so fatigue and depression, mm-hmm. and which I think anyone can understand. Um, it also kind of causes, especially dancers, probably to self-perpetuate our symptoms. So if everyone's asking you all the time, how are you feeling? How are your symptoms? That's all you're going to think about. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we want to be very smart about how we're balancing that. You know, we're not resting too much, but we're also not being too active. And because every concussion is different, and because every dancer is different, mm-hmm. that's going to look different for every single person. So it's a lot of experimenting, but um, just being honest and, and doing what feels good. Yeah, listening to your body. Yep. Awesome. Um, so then let's move on to discussion discuss concussion rehab um what can a dancer expect when recovering from a concussion so most concussions in adults Mm -hmm. are going to resolve around 10 to 14 days Mm -hmm. so we expect two weeks you know about to be that point at which we're really starting to turn a corner and head back um you know again during this period we really want to be sure that as we're recovering we're avoiding things that make our symptoms worse Mm -hmm. um there's a lot that we can do though so i try to focus on what can you do? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a Harkness philosophy as well. We're trying to get people to, to realize the good things that they can get done while they're injured. Mm-hmm. So one is sleep regularity, good nutrition. Um, we can work on stress management because those are all things that, if they're not in check, probably aren't going to make us better. Mm-hmm. Um, family members and us as part of the medical team, we actually have a really important role in providing stress um, and emotional support. Um, so making sure that our dancers feel cared for. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually research it shows that families and patients who receive information on expected symptoms and reassurance that they're going to be okay, they do better. So it's important as, you know, if your friend is injured with a concussion, be there for them and be positive. Um, at the Harkness Center, we really believe in the biopsychosocial model of health. So we actually really pay attention to the anxiety and hopelessness that can occur with these types of injuries that really remove them from mm-hmm. the studio. Excellent. Um, you've kind of touched upon something that Ellie and I speak about a lot, um, especially in regards to dance well, which is you're not just looking at one aspect of your health and wellness, but you really need to take care of yourself as a whole. 
and kind of find the areas that are missing and plug them in a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. And I think, too, you know, this is maybe more on the newer edge of concussion rehab or treatment, but mm-hmm. um, even beyond that, there's other things that you can do because depending on your symptom presentation, you might be appropriate for things like cervical spine therapy, mm-hmm. um, vestibular therapy, vision therapy. So, you know, again, if those symptoms are going on, hopefully you're directed in the right way to help address them. Because we do see that, you know, let's say that you had a neck injury in con- that was concurrent with your concussion. If the neck doesn't get addressed, you're not going to feel good. So, yeah, so that's important. Um, and then, again, as your symptoms decrease, we really want to take things um, in a stepwise fashion. Mm-hmm. So that includes returning to school if you have school or work duties as well as your return to dance. Um, you know, general guidelines, um, when we're talking return to dance, suggest after you can tolerate light aerobic exercise, so we're talking maybe some light stationary biking, um, and then you're cleared by your physician, you can progress to partial class without contact, so making sure, again, we're not getting in another uh, potential injury. Mm -hmm. Um, That might be like a ballet bar or taking a class warm-up, and then to a full class, but again, still maybe non-contact, making sure there's enough space so you're not um, worried about that. and then full contact training. So p- go back to your partnering class. Go back to your contact improv classes um, and unrestricted dance with clearance. And just make sure that you give time between each step. You know, mm-hmm. let's, that bar, ballet bar went great. Don't take another one. Wait till tomorrow to make sure that everything is still feeling good before you jump back in. And we just want to make sure that the body's tolerating things, just like you would with an ankle sprain. Right, exactly. Um, So speaking of dance class, what's the danger of returning to class too soon? So beyond the danger of getting a second brain injury on top of an injured brain, which Mm -hmm. could be extremely serious, um, dancing on a concussion could delay healing. Just like dancing on an ankle sprain could delay healing. Right. Um, there's interesting research that came out of the National Collegiate, uh, National Collegiate Athletic Association where they found that delayed concussion reporting was associated with a two- to five-day delay in return to play. They weren't exactly able to explain the reasoning, but they theorized that the, that the delay in reporting meant a continuation of activities. So essentially staying, you know, continuing to dance while you had that injury, um, which potentially could increase the demands of the injured brain expose it to further injury, et cetera. So again, we don't know that answer for sure, but you know, I would assume that if you continue to dance, you're going to have that longer return to play or longer return to dance. Um, those symptoms could potentially stick around for a lot longer, and that's going to have effects on your quality of life. And I know every dancer wants to get back as soon as possible. So knowing that, one of the things that you can do to get back quicker is actually stop right away Mm -hmm. don't test the waters don't think that it's okay just stop Mm -hmm. best case scenario you get evaluated it's nothing you go back two days later right worst case scenario you keep dancing and then you've got a week tacked on in the back end so instead of two weeks it's three um which no dancer wants better to be cautious at the beginning absolutely um so those are all the questions i wanted to ask you but before we wrap up i just wanted to give you an opportunity to say anything else you'd like to talk about about concussions I think one of the things to remember is that um, we don't know a lot. Um, You know, I can answer some of these questions, but there's so much we don't know about concussions. And we don't know a lot about the long-term effects, um, particularly of repeated concussion. Mm -hmm. And there are 
you know, you'd have to be living under a rock to not realize that there are a lot of people concerned um, with this area of injury, particularly, you know, people are asking, like, how many are too many? What, you know, what's the risk of repeated head injury? What happens later in life? Um, We need to research and figure these answers out. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as clinicians and as as people, you know, we should be mindful of our long-term health regardless of the injury. Um, and I think that's important. Um, and then thinking about prevention. Are there things we can do to prevent? Um, certainly at the Harkness Center, injury prevention is, is a key aspect to our work. Um, and though we know we can't prevent every concussion, there's a couple considerations you may want to take um, into account. One might be considering studio spacing. If you're in a really crowded studio, and people are flailing their limbs everywhere, maybe not the safest space. Um, We want to make sure our dancers are educated in concussion management so that they get help right away instead of waiting Mm -hmm. and delaying that care. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing is to make sure that you tell your medical providers about your concussion history and that we make sure we ask. Because if they've had five, let's have a talk. doesn't mean you can't, but how can we better serve you? What can we be on the lookout for? Because we do know if you've had one, you're at risk for another. Um, it just makes you more at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of that <laughs> negative stuff said, uh-huh. I want to make sure that I you know, continue to encourage my dancers to do what they love, push the boundaries, make art. It's great. Um, you know, We know participation in dance and other activities has so many positive effects on our health and well-being. So... You know, at the end of the day, you have to do what you love. You can't Absolutely. can't live in a bubble. Nope. Um, it's not good for you either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go forth and dance. That's right. <laughs> um, thank you, Lauren. Thanks for sharing your knowledge with us and everyone who's listening. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Bye. Bye. On behalf of Ellie and myself, I, Marissa Schaefer, want to say thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on this episode of Dance Well Podcast. Like what you hear? Go to Stitcher, iTunes, or SoundCloud and search Dancewell Podcast and subscribe. You can also view all of our episodes and learn more about this podcast by visiting our website at www.dancewellpodcast.com. We wouldn't be where we are without generous contributions from our listeners. Your contributions help pay for our SoundCloud membership, website fees, upgrades, and our recording technology. If you too would like to make a contribution to Dancewell, please follow the link in the description of this podcast to visit our GoFundMe page. We thank you in advance for your support. And lastly, if you have questions or want to get in touch, email us at dancewellpodcast at gmail.com. Bye.